Welcome to Following the Way. We're a podcast that's all about following Jesus and learning his way for our lives. We believe that scripture reveals this way and invites us to follow. We're glad you're with us as we seek together. Hello and welcome everyone. It's good to be together. We have been going through the book of Hebrews lately, going chapter by chapter, digging a little bit deeper and looking uh, at this incredible letter in the New Testament that can seem so strange uh, to our 21st century ears and uh, has all sorts of things throughout the book when it comes to sacrificial uh, systems and offerings and all sorts of um, interesting stuff from the Old Testament that Uh, maybe can seem a little bit foreign to us. And so we've been going through the book, hoping to unpack that a little bit and help us to understand a little bit more just how how incredible this book is and what it speaks to us about uh, Jesus first and how he is above all things and how he's greater than all things. And so lately we've been looking uh, in Hebrews 7, 8, and 9, how Jesus is greater uh, than uh, Melchizedek. He's the great high priest. And so we talked about this dude named Melchizedek, and then we've talked uh, about the sacrificial system and looked at uh, that. The last time we were here in Hebrews 9, we talked about the blood of Jesus and the sufficiency of his blood uh, to cover us. And so as we get into Hebrews 10 now, we're going to talk about the dreaded S word, sin. We're going to talk about the problem of sin, but the solution for sin and why this is something that we can't ignore or sidestep or justify in our lives, but we need to look at why dealing with it and uh, why it is such a problem for us in our lives and has been a problem in the history of mankind and continues to be ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden and how we desperately need God's solution or we are in a heap of trouble. And so we're going to look at this um, in light of Hebrews 10 and what it says there. So it begins, it says, speaking about the law, again, the Old Testament law that was put in to help the people and to allow them to have relationship with God, uh, with a holy God in the midst of being uh, a people who had real problems uh, with sin in their lives. And so it says the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And so again, we're now right back into uh, talking about the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, how uh, God had set up this system for his people uh, to sacrifice uh, animals before him because without the shedding of blood, as it says in Hebrews 9, there is no forgiveness. And so, but what we see here is that there was this problem where these, these annual sacrifices that were made year after year, all it did was highlight for the people that man, sin is a real problem and we're offering these animals to cleanse ourselves of our sin, but we're not getting free of it. 
it's it's every year we're reminded that this is a mark on us and they weren't as it says in Hebrews 9 it wasn't clearing the conscience of the people in fact it was serving to remind them this is a really big problem and we're not really getting we're not getting free it was like the people were only being cleansed temporarily by from their sins by these sacrifices made year after year and it, it wasn't actually working to perfect those who were seeking to draw near to worship, as it says there. It's sort of like, I think of a bathroom fixture that due to calcium and hard water deposits over time, it, it becomes uh, it, it becomes pitted and you can't get it clean and it's getting worse and worse and worse and, and you can try to clean it, but as much as you do, there's if it's bad enough, that bathroom fixture is getting to a point where you simply, you, you can cleanse it temporarily, but you're never really getting it clean. And the only solution for that bathroom fixture is to replace it with a new one, to take it out and to have it replaced. And in that way, that was the problem for God's people. They, they had a sinful conscience. They had a sin problem in them, in their hearts. They had this these, these hearts of stone, as God talked about in the Old Testament. And it wasn't, these sacrifices weren't fixing the problem. And so then it says, in verse 5, it goes on, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. This is, interestingly, this is quoting Psalm 40. And so it's attributing something that was uh, written by David in the Psalms and saying, really, this was Jesus himself uh, took this on and personified this when he was in this world. And, and through his sacrifice, he was fulfilling those words. And so it says there, it says, first he said, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. And then it says in brackets, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first, meaning covenant law, to establish the second law or covenant. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So it's the will of God and the will of Jesus that he he said, I've come to do your will, oh God. I'm, I've, I've embraced this, Father. And it's through that, through the sacrifice of Jesus, it says, that we can deal with this problem of sin. In fact, and, and this is why it's so important that we can't sidestep or, or try to ignore the problem of sin is because outside of Christ, we are all under the power of sin. If we are not in Christ, if we have not submitted our lives to Christ, if we've not received his forgiveness, his salvation, and embraced that for our lives fully and said, I have to be redeemed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, and, and I, I have to receive his sacrifice, and, and, and therefore then walk according to his way, and in alignment with the whole counsel of God in the word of God, 
if we don't do that, then anyone who doesn't, we're under the power of sin. We've got a major, major problem that we have to deal with because we've, but when we receive Jesus, and this, this is the great promise and this is the great solution for sin, we move from temporary cleansing to holiness. We, we're, he says we've been made holy. So we've moved from this, this problem of we're only getting temporary cleansed to we're being made holy like Jesus himself. We've received his righteousness. And so this is what's this is what's amazing about the Old Testament and important is that all the purity laws and all the purification rituals, this is what J.I. Packer says. He says all of those in the Old Testament, they point to this divine work of purging out what pollutes. Because he goes on, he says it's the scripture views that it's not only the guilt needing to be forgiven, but also the filth needing to be cleansed. And so we have to get cleansed from our filth, but there's this guilt that has to be forgiven that that Jesus is the one who did that for us. And so it goes on there and it says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. It didn't deal with the problem. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So, but when this priest, this priest being Jesus, when he had his one sacrifice for all time, his death on the cross, he then sat down at the right hand of God, which that sitting down at the right hand of God symbolizes power, authority. He's over all things. He has dominion. Nothing is outside of his control. It says, since that time, since Jesus has done this, going on in our world 2,000 years, since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. I was thinking about this verse and, and thinking about what it says there about his enemies having been made his footstool and speaks of that a little bit in the Psalms. You know, all things will surrender to Jesus. All things are ultimately surrendered to Jesus and all things will one day be absolutely perfectly surrendered, submitted to Jesus. Whatever's going on right now, and there's there's lots of, you know, we're in a, we're in a time period right now with COVID and, and all the various things that are happening with this and, and lots of questions being asked. And certainly people are, are starting to really question some of the motives and things behind things. In all that, whatever that is, none of it is outside, again, of the authority of Jesus. Nothing in that will not surrender to him. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to sit back and go, well, I can't do anything or, um, you know, it's okay. Everything's going to work out. It's not that we don't we don't have a voice and we shouldn't use our voice. It's not that we shouldn't ask critical hard questions, but it's also reminding us to remember the end game ultimately for this world. 
that that's one of those things right now. People are asking, what's the end game of all this that's happening with governments and COVID? And, and we don't have the answer. We, that's why we're wondering. But we do know the end game of what, where this earth is headed. And it says there that Jesus, he's waiting. He's, he's sitting at the right hand of God. He has authority. He's waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool, to all things being under him, all things in submission, totally, finally. Because it says, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. There's an aspect to this that we can't forget that this is about in the meantime, what's going on inside of us and what's happening in our lives and that God's will and intent and desire is that we are progressively we're being, we're, we're growing in holiness and being made holy. We are not, we don't receive Jesus's holiness in the sense that then it's a one shot deal and we're fully sanctified when we receive it. Yes, we receive his holiness. We're covered by his blood. We're made righteous. But the process and the work of holiness, or the work of sanctification as it talks about in scripture, that is an ongoing progressive work that we need to receive and partner with God and, and pursue and seek. And then it says there, verse 15, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And again, this is once again, the, the writer of Hebrews is coming back to Jeremiah 31, 33, which he there's a real focus on Hebrews of this because it's so important that he wants the the readers to grasp this is what God was doing. This is what he's doing. He's he's actually changing your hearts. He's changing your minds. He's think he's changing your thought processes. He's changing how you think and how you view and approach things. Everything. It's the work of transformation. It's it's saying we're not being conformed to this world. But we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as it says in Romans 2. We're taking all thoughts captive under the authority of Christ, as it speaks about in Corinthians, as Paul talks about there. And he says, then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. It says that the Holy Spirit testifies. We've been talking about this in our lately on Sundays uh, through our sermon series in Romans 8, but how this, the Holy Spirit testifies or witnesses to us who we are, that we're children of God. And in that, he reminds us of the covenant that God has made with us. He reminds us that we're, we're forgiven, that our sins and, and, and what what defined us before. God doesn't remember those things. He's cleansed us. And more than that, he's actually rooted out that, that sin in us and he's replaced it with a new heart and new minds. And what's, and, and in this is it's, it's reminding us of the work of the Holy Spirit is to remind us of Jesus's sacrifice and our ongoing need of cleansing. That again, the cleansing is not a one-shot deal. It's we we are called to go on pursuing forgiveness, getting free of our sin, walking in the light. Uh, J.I. Packer talks about this. He says to highlight the work of the Spirit. It's it's making us Christians aware and ashamed of sin's defilement, and it's stirring us to walk in cleansing. 
of, of from every defilement of body and spirit to to be made perfect uh, to have our holiness made perfect in the fear of God which is that's from 2 Corinthians 7 that there's this thing of the work of the holy spirit is to remind us that we need to go on being cleansed and so that's that's part of the wonderful work of the holy spirit in our lives and reminding us sin's a problem it's a big problem don't sidestep it don't forget it don't think it doesn't exist but also don't think that there isn't a solution for sin because there is that deals with it and continues to deal with it we continue to claim the blood of jesus we continue to receive his sacrifice so to speak in our lives and 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 to remember yes he his one his sacrifice is one sacrifice for all time it's it cleanses me it's covered me that I can walk in the light, I can receive forgiveness, and I don't have to go on living in with with certain sin. And and you know, you go, well, what what is sin? And this is this is probably an important thing. Just I'll end with this to kind of clarify or to define. Sin is ultimately trying to do things our way. Ultimately, it's a rejection of God. It's a rejection of walking in surrender and obedience to him. It's questioning the goodness of God. It's questioning God's authority. And it's and it's saying, I'm going to do things my way. I know best. It's all about me and what I want. And it's not about having to surrender to, to God. That That's ultimately what happened in the garden. That's ultimately what led to the breaking of relationship but with Adam and Eve and God, it was Satan coming to them and them believing the lie that God was holding out on them, that God was keeping something from them, and that if they if they could make it happen themselves. That's the root of all sin. And then it gets into all sorts of manifestations in the lives of people and wickedness and evil practices and selfishness and pride and all, all those, all the works of the flesh. But the root of it is, the root of sin and the problem of sin is, I think I can do it myself. I, I can, it's, it's about me. I don't, I don't need to surrender. I don't need to submit. I'm going to be in control of my life. And that is an ongoing, that's the spirit of this age. But there's a solution to that problem. And that's, that's the wonderful, incredible, life-altering message of the gospel that Jesus made a way for us to get free. Jesus made a way for us to deal with this stuff in our lives. And he invites us to receive him and to walk in relationship with him ongoing, to to grow in holiness and to grow in our relationship with him. So that only takes us to the middle of Hebrews 10. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there for now. I'll come back to part two of Hebrews 10 in the next podcast. And we'll go on and look at some of the implications and the application for how we walk this out in a life of faith, which is where the last part, the back end of Hebrews 10 goes. All right. Bless you, everyone. So good um, to be together. And Lord willing, we'll see you 